But this is like, some of it might get like serious. Because I think, you know, what social media has, you know, really been keen about is that they have all of these memories of, you know, anything that you've shared. So in essence, it is like opening up the photo album at your grandmother's house or, you know, or, or you know, looking back at something that you hadn't seen in years. They just have everything archived. I just don't think in the moment when we were using it, you know, did we ever think of it that way? How much will those generations after us really have? Even with being able to access things like Facebook memories, as time goes on, the things that live online and, and in the cloud are just going to become more and more. And as that happens, will it be easy to find those things or will it just become more difficult? I don't think what legacies like, I don't think it has anything to do with what you what you leave for other people. I think a lot of it is what you leave in other people. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did it get serious? You called it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michelle, an entrepreneur and creative business coach. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm a social media and digital content strategist. We're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms. Through this podcast, you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in a digital world. If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media at pod for creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So I have a friend, Muriel, who lives here in Jacksonville. She brought this thing up once that has stuck with me. This was probably maybe a year or two ago. So she's a photographer and most of what she was doing at the time was wedding photography, but she also travels a lot and takes these gorgeous photos of places that she's been to. And she said it's really important to her that she prints these photos and she has a dream one day. I hope it's okay that I'm sharing this. She wants to display her work in a gallery and she wants to have her work, you know, frames in her home given as gifts to people. I actually have one of her um, photographs hanging in my dining room. It's one of the few things hanging in my house. <laughs> But she said it was really important to her to have printed versions of her work because she wants her son to have something tangible to have of hers. I don't know if she necessarily means when she passes on, but just for him to be able to see the work that she has created. And I had never really thought about that. I think mostly because so much of what I do is digital. It's, it's graphic design. I, I have art prints of my work, but I consider it to be so disposable because I can always download the file and reprint it. So I don't even really print my work on fine paper. I just print it out of my printer and it, I put it behind a frame. But I don't know. Have you ever thought about that in the sense of artwork that we create or creative work that we do and it having longevity? Um, I never really think about what the work that I've created in that, that mindset. A lot of it is always, you know, whatever the next project is that sort of comes along that you work on. But, you know, I, I do, I feel like sometimes look back on my career in, in, in PR, you know, almost like a, a case study and, 
you think about certain moments that have played out, um, ones that you feel like you've handled well and ones that you haven't. And obviously those are times where you can kind of sit back and, you know, think about things and learn from them so you get better as you move on. But I think one of the unique things about being in um, a leadership position is that you have the chance to sort of teach and the things that you've learned in your past that you've kind of screwed up or messed up or even that you've done well, you have the chance to sort of advise someone else who, you know, may not have the experience in that area and kind of help them out moving forward. So it's not necessarily your individual body of work in terms of a legacy mind that I look back on, but it's more or less, you know, for, um, you know, the industry that I'm in, my team members that I get a chance to work with, uh, regularly, it's helping them out to, you know, be on the right track with their decision-making based on things that I've kind of gone through in my past. I kind of had the same thought about the work that I'm doing now, at least, that I feel like I'm not really leaving anything physical behind. Even everything digital seems so... Momentary? Passing? Sure. Let's say momentary. <laughs> Basically, I don't feel like anything that I'm putting out is going to be something that in 20 years people will still be going back to to watch or to read. But I feel like the lessons that I'm teaching and the ways that I'm hopefully inspiring and motivating people, whether they attribute changes, positive changes in their life to me, I mean, I don't really care if they attribute them to me or not, but I like the idea of being able to make a positive impact on other people. And I, I think for me, that's where that legacy piece is, is going to live on or or fit in. I also just thought it might be fun to talk about legacy, longevity in regards to social media and just the online world, because it's still so new and we lived in a time where it didn't exist. So we can actually, we have the benefit of being able to look back on the beginning of that and see what has stood the test of time, what hasn't, what we remember, what we don't. Maybe a good thing to kick off this conversation would, would be Snapchat. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I consider myself to be a documentarian as far as, you know, I don't scrapbook or anything like that, but this is definitely something that I got from my dad. I'm, I remember dates. I remember specific events in detail. I like to, um, at certain times of the year say, oh, do you know what we were doing on this day? Like, you know, in, in 1999 and, you know, I don't always get all the details right, but I love thinking about and, and remembering things that happened. And, um, you know, through social media, through things like Instagram, and I know that Facebook has the, the time hop feature. I love those. I love scrolling back and, and seeing, you know, moments from my life. And they, you know, those always make me smile. But I remember when Snapchat first came out, and my sister was telling me about it. Now, my sister is 10 years younger than me. And um, my cousins are also around around her age, a little bit older. And they were like, Oh, yeah, this, we use Snapchat all the time. It's like, it's really cool. And you know, you send a message and then, and then it destructs, it self destructs at right after you send it. And I was kind of 
horrified by this concept because everything that I had created on social media, I could go back and find. I had never put anything out on social media with the thought that I might not be able to go back to it and like revisit it. So I was like, why, why would anyone want to be on this platform where it's intentionally going away? But eventually, because I'm into social media, <laughs> I joined Snapchat and then um, Instagram obviously adopted a version of it. And I know that Instagram since then allows you to archive your old stories. But I feel like Snapchat was kind of the first thing to start this idea of disposable content. Can you think of anything else that came before that where you may put something out in the online world that was not meant to be enjoyed for the rest of time? Um, the only thing I can think of from when we were growing up is, you know, instant messaging, you know, sort of had that component of it, right? You know, we, you know, you can message people back and forth. It is funny, by the way, how that has kind of come full circle where like, you know, AOL and AIM are no longer, but this world loves direct messaging and one-on-one -on -one now, and it's almost like it's clamoring for it. Um, but that's only the example that I can think of that you know, you, you, you message each other back and forth and then you close the window and it went away. Um, I don't think it, it archived automatically. Do you, do you remember if it did or not? <laughs> I'm laughing because it didn't automatically, but there was something that you could check that said, save my conversations. Okay. And for me, the height of the, uh, the I aming was late high school, college. So Mishmash 30. Mishmash 30 is very embarrassed to admit that I had that saved conversation and there were certain <laughs> conversations that were revisited with, you know, with girlfriends and, and analyzed and probably printed out. And yeah, so you could save those. Okay. So <laughs> then not really, but then again, I don't know if the intent for using social media in its infancy was to sort of do that. I feel like you've sort of, you know, I think you reach an age in your life where you start to kind of these benchmark periods where you start to sort of look back at, at things and you hold them a little bit more near and dear. I remember the first time I ever felt this way was when I was going to college for the first time, when you realized that you were going to be by yourself away from your family, away from most of your friends. Um, and I remember that summer leading up to going away I spent a lot of time, you know, watching old movies of things that I hadn't seen since I was a kid and looking at things that I hadn't looked at in, in 10 years or so and like really feeling this like longing for that period of time. And then you sort of kind of run out of it for a little while. You sort of phase out of it. You know, you got, you go to college, you're, you're, it's, you're here, it's your now. Um, and then, you know, I found myself sort of like that again now, like after my mom passed away, like, uh, you know, looking at things and, and, you know, making decisions about what to throw out, what not to throw out. Oh, here's something I haven't seen in 20 years and like taking 20 minutes and kind of looking through. So like, I feel like you get to these benchmark points in life and you're naturally like that to kind of look back at, you know, legacy type, type things. I think, you know, what social media has, has, you know, really been keen about these, these major networks is that they have all of these memories of, you know, anything that you've shared. 
Um, so in essence, it is like opening up the photo album at your grandmother's house or, you know, or, or, you know, looking back at something that you hadn't seen in years, they just have everything archived. I just don't think in the moment when we were using it, you know, did we ever think of it that way? But it is funny now I wake up most every morning and, you know, you, I log into, you know, I, I open up each social app on my phone just to kind of peruse and when I do open up Facebook, the first thing I click on more, more often than not, unless there's something that grabs my attention is the memories tab and just kind of looking back and saying like, oh, wow, I did 10 things on on this day over the course of the last, you know, 15 years or whatever it is or however long I've been on on Facebook for. So I don't know if I can think of anything else that was like that, but I think a lot of it has to do with where we are in our lives and and how attached we feel to looking at some of those things. I didn't ask you about this beforehand, so if you don't want to talk about it, it's okay. But you recently posted a tweet and a photo of um, Uh-oh. A, <laughs> no, an article. Um, oh, good. <laughs> of your mom when she was young. Um, yeah. At it, it was at a TV studio. Yeah, they right? had a uh, her her college had a um a, a, a TV studio, and she. Uh, was running camera for the for the studio and the newspaper had a great shot of her uh, behind the camera kind of poking her head out and yeah that was really cool to see I, I really enjoyed that you posted that and I had no idea that she had done that in her past because she did not do that as her career no no as a matter of fact I remember her telling me about it a long time ago that she she did something along those lines and um you know, I, I might have been when I was at St. Rose and I was doing some like multimedia course, but uh, it was just funny to kind of come across that that newspaper clipping and, um, you know, when going through a bunch of stuff and just being like, holy smokes, there it is. That's what she talked about. And yeah, it was really neat to sort of see that and, um, you know, kind of put a picture to, to a memory that she had. So something like that where you had this thing that you could hold that had a picture of your mom in it from something that you had never seen before, I'm sure was like, was really special for you. And I'm wondering if less and less of those opportunities will exist for, for us in the future and for, you know, for your kids, um, you know, for, for younger generations. And, um, my sisters and I were just talking about this uh, recently. I was just home in New York and we started talking about um, my aunt who passed away. Um, yikes, I guess it's been, it's been like 15 years now, but she was like, so special to all of us. And of course we had like lots of memories to share, but um, so my sister and Laura and I were talking about it and my sister Lisa was out of the room and she came in and she started joining in on the conversation. And she said, I have this, letter that she wrote to me, I guess when Lisa was on a like a church retreat, and my mom or whoever would ask family members to like write letters for us to read while we were on the retreat. Sorry, this is like a weird thing. If people are like, what are you talking about? Um, and I was like, you know what, I have, I have a letter like that from her as well. I remember finding it, maybe it was after we had moved here to Florida. So maybe like four years ago. And I I was just like a wreck in, in, in reading it, but also just feeling so grateful that I had this piece of paper, like with her handwriting on it, with her words on it. And I think I was also just sad thinking that 
I really think that less and less of those types of things will exist. I mean, I'm sure you have, you know, emails from your mom. I'm sure that as we go on in time, you know, you'll you'll give your son cards from you or and whatnot. But like, how much will will those generations after us really have? And even with being able to access things like like Facebook memories, as time goes on, the things that live online and, and in the cloud are just going to become more and more. And as that happens, will it, will it be easy to find those things or will it just become more difficult? I don't know. I mean, you know, I think a lot of it also depends on how much those things mean to you and what kind of what you cultivate. Like, I don't think what legacies like I don't think it has anything to do with what you um, what you leave for other people. Um, I think a lot of it is what you leave in other people. And, you know, that's sort of, you know, these things with with my mom um, my, my, my dad and my sister had just come up a couple of weeks ago for a visit and they had brought a bunch of stuff cause my, my father just sold the house that they grew up in. And I went through, you know, a, a number of boxes over the course of the last few weeks and, you know, things from my childhood and, you know, I, I held on to a few things, but I noticed a lot of the things that I held on to versus the things that I either, you know, put in a donate pile or ended up throwing away. Um, all of those had special meanings to me. It wasn't just like, oh, here's a cool picture from this thing from, you know, randomly. It was, I remember where I was. I remember how I felt, or I remember the significance behind this, or, you know, my, my great grandmother had this glass fish or dolphin or whatever it was that was in her house. Um, I remember when she passed away, my grandmother took the fish and she had it in her, in her apartment. And I remember saying to my mom after my grandmother died, I'm like, I kind of want that. Can we hold on? So we we got that. And it was in my parents' house for the last upstairs for the last however long it, it was when they were there. And then when my mom died and they sold the house and they cleared everything out, it ended up coming to me. And I was just like, no, this is going to stay like, you know, this yeah. this has to stay. So I think it's about like what we leave and the stories that we leave for people. I think that's what sort of makes the difference, because then you can kind of be selective with the memories of what you have been left with or what you have access to. Then you can sort of be selective about what those moments are, because to me, like, you know, right now with with with, you know, my son being the age that he is like obviously not on social media, but there is a point in time where I'm like, I might just deactivate my accounts at some point in time because there's not that there's bad stuff on there, not by any nothing like that. But it's just like you kind of, you know, my relationship with my father, like I only knew things about my father from what he told me or what he shared with me, nothing that I kind of like easily searched and found. So, you know, not that there's anything incriminating on there, but you're kind of like, I don't necessarily want him to have that window into into my life. And I voluntarily put that stuff out there. Yeah, I think that that's going to be really interesting. And I'm sure that it's already starting to happen with parents who have content out there. You know, I think about podcasts that I've listened to to for years and their kids were little when their podcast started and now they're teenagers and if those were my parents, if my parents had a, a podcast or had, you know, some other, a blog or something like that, I don't think that I would want to go and consume that content, but I'm sure that there are, there are children who will want to, especially, you know, as parents pass on, they'll, they'll want to have the opportunity to kind of like go back and have more moments with them through that content. Have you ever been left something or have you um, 
you know, you talked about the the letters before, but have you ever had something from your past, your family's past that you've, you know, come into ownership of that sort of has inspired you from, from a creative standpoint, something that you kind of said like, Oh, this would be a great, you know, this one line in this thing would be a great, you know, piece on a calendar that I'm working on or something like that. I wish I had something more profound, but the only pieces that I really have are, um, when Jimmy and I got married, we did not register for traditional China. I was kind of like, you know, I was trying to be kind of like a modern woman. I'm like, eh, we probably won't even use this. So what my mom has done um, since her, my my grandma, my mom's mom passed away when I was um, right before I started high school. So she's had her China for years and, and we would use it on holidays and whatnot. Um, and now my other grandma, my dad's mom, has since had to go into assisted living. So now they acquired all of her china as well. So my mom has given my sisters and I each, I think, two place settings from each of the grandmother sets. And I haven't actually used them yet, but I like the idea of, of having them. Maybe one day I will use them. We don't really host very many formal events here. We're usually, you know, back in New York for those occasions. But um, I saw, I think especially being Italian and knowing how much food is is central to our culture and so many of our great memories, I think that those are really special pieces that I know that I will always tr- like cherish. But those are really the only tangible things that I have from from family members and and knock on wood, thankfully. I don't I haven't had a ton of family members who have, passed on or people that I've been close with who, who have passed on. So there, I guess there haven't been as many opportunities for things like that. Yeah. How about you other than the, the fish or, or other dolphin? Than the glass fish, by the way, are it's you, fish, are, yeah. oh, are you displaying it or are you just kind of like, kind of no, how, how I am with the, with the China, just like keeping it. I have it in like a special box, but no, it's on a, uh, it's, it's on the nightstand in our, uh, in our guest room. So it's, it's out, it's, it's ready for anyone to see. Yeah. Well, there was, there was, see, Rachel was very proud of me because my dad, <laughs> my dad opened my, when my dad got here, he opened up the truck and there were like, I don't know, 12 boxes of stuff and, and like each one filled to the brim and, um, like she kind of looked at it and looked at me and I was just like, I'll go through them. Don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> And so like over the course of the last you know week or so, we had gone through all of them. And I think I only ended up saving like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like maybe half a box worth of stuff. Like it really wasn't a lot. So um, it, which is also kind of sad, too, because they're all things that, you know, obviously meant something to someone at some point in time. But you know, you don't need it. It's not something that, you know, you don't want to just have it collecting dust. That's not really good. That's how we got into this mess in the first place. So, you know, you want it to kind of make sense. But, you know, the one thing that I can say that sort of led to a a creative opportunity, we've, we've talked about this in the past, but when my mom died, I didn't really talk a lot about it. I didn't really talk about it at all on, on social media. And, you know, and I know that's a personal choice that some people, when someone passes away, they, you know, they go all out posting, you know, their feelings and the link to the obituary. And then some people choose not to, and I've never been someone to really be an overshare on, on social, despite my love for the platform. So 
I knew I wasn't going to do anything about that, but I knew it at some point in time that I wanted to write something after she passed away that just kind of got my thoughts and feelings out there. Um, as sort of, it's not closure. I don't think you're ever really uh, finished with your feelings with, with something like that, but it was a way to sort of kind of work through the emotions. And, um, I had started to think about how I wanted to write this, this piece. And I knew I wanted to do something that kind of captured her fight. And I knew I wanted to do something, something that captured my feelings and the timeline. And every time I wrote this piece, it just was like, I'd start it and I go, nope, this isn't it. And I'd start it again and I go, nope, this isn't it. And I kept thinking like I had to come up with something that was, you know, true to that period of, of, of the, you know, 24 to 48 hours that we were with her before she passed that like really kind of spoke to it. And, um, you know, I was left with this one line that she said when I walked into the house for the last time, it ended up being one of the last times where I was walking down the hallway to her bedroom and she heard me coming and just yelled out, is that my little boy? And I said, you know, I said, yeah, it's me. And, you know, I came in and we met and we, you know, we, we, we talked rather. And, um, I started playing that moment back over and over in my head. And I said, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the crux of the whole article right there. It's this whole, looking at my mom through the eyes of, you know, a young boy, um, and the juxtaposition of being 33 years old, having all this responsibility, just becoming a dad, it it fit. Everything kind of came together really well. So it wasn't really something that, although I, I talk about it in the article in the blog rather that, you know, it was the final lesson that she taught me something that she, that she left me. Um, but it wasn't really something tangible. It was more of a feeling kind of a thing. And that's something that I sort of take with me. Um, so it really helped kind of write that piece. It kind of helped me get through those feelings. Um, and it's something that I'll always remember. Do you feel like you're ever going to share, go out of your way to share that article with Ryan at the appropriate age? I mean, probably at the appropriate age, but then again, you know, I think back to, you know, you, you probably had this too. I mean, I don't know if you had, I'm sure you did, but you know, I'll speak for myself, but you know, I, I grew up where, you know, I didn't have, you know, my grandfather on my mom's side passed away before I was born. So I always would hear a lot of stories about him and you get to a certain age where you just, you know, you're not afraid. So you just ask your grandmother, like, what happened? How did he die? And, and, you know, she told me everything, you know, I mean, not like graphic, but like just told me matter of factly what happened. And, um, you know, I'm sure those types of conversations will come. Um, and I'm sure I'll share it with him, but I do wonder if it's more, you know, more or less like his relationship with, with, you know, her would be more through stories and, and, and anecdotes and things like that from me and other family members than, than the blog post. But certainly if I think that the time was right or if the opportunity was there, yeah, I would do that. Did your mom have social media? No. Would never, would never even think about it. My dad got on it later, later, you know, my dad got on it probably like, what is this, 2019? My dad got on it probably around like, I would say somewhere around like 2014, give or take 2013, 2014. And, you know, he would try to coerce my mom into, into doing it because he, he loved Facebook as soon as he got on it. He's not so much of a fan of it anymore. Who is after a couple of years? <laughs> um, but she would never bite on it, no. I feel like... Th- I'm going to somewhat eat my words because before I said that uh, if my parents had content out there that I wouldn't go 
looking for it to read it or, or to listen to. But I do think that if I had someone who was close to me who passed away who had a social media presence, I would go back and look at at least photos as a way of feeling comforted and to go back and just speak about my aunt one more time. One of the, the things that my sisters and I were kind of lamenting is that she was so, I guess, progressive. I mean, progressive in comparison to my other aunts and uncles. She was always the really fun one. She like had the internet before anyone else did. And we were like, it just, it makes us so sad that she's missed out on everything that has come. I said like, she would definitely have her own podcast. And I know she'd have like her own really cool social media channels. And she passed away in, in um, 2005. So she, I don't, and, and at that time, Facebook was really only for college students. So I know that she didn't have a Facebook, but I wish that, that I had, you know, even a year's worth of content that she would have put out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did it get serious? You called it. <laughs> I, I wonder about companies and brands and you know the ones creating content and the ones doing things for the greater good and the ones that are you know do, doing things to kind of focus in on 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 I don't want to say building a legacy but sort of like doing it for the wrong reasons um you know and, and I guess that's sort of you know I think we start to see this now in this like this culture of of entrepreneurs and people, you know, and and present company excluded clearly. But like there's a lot of similar voices out there. And and I think they sort of like parrot what they see. And it's not necessarily authentic. It's not their story. It's not real. And it's not trying to connect with people who are like minded. Um, and I guess that's sort of like you know, it just concerns me. First of all, it's, it's not anything that someone's going to pay it seriously, you know, serious attention to. I think it's very transparent of, of creators today, um, that are more concerned about legacies than anything else. I remember being in an interview once where we were interviewing somebody for a position and, and, um, I forget the question that we asked this person, but like it became apparent very quickly that this wasn't going to work out. But one of the answers to the question was like, you know, um, he says something like he was more concerned about building his legacy. And I was just like, I don't even know what that means, man. Like I, I you know, and I don't, uh, you know, and I just feel like that word has sort of kind of become this, like, it's your charge to build a legacy as opposed to like, just be a good person and show up and do the right things and matter for people and make differences, you know, in people's lives and, and, and do it from an authentic standpoint. I think what this conversation is leading me towards now in, in a conclusion of the questions that I had coming into this was, I think storytelling just becomes even more important because whether or not you're leaving behind a social media platform or not, the stories are going to live on no matter what, just like the stories that you have from your grandpa that you never even knew. Steve, you're not a 
a Hamilton fan, I'm assuming. If you, if you were, I know that we would have talked about this before. Not a big fan of singing on stage and dancing and stuff like that. So is that what happens? I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of rap, too. It doesn't really feel Yeah, right. nothing that you're into, except for, okay. except for the history part. But hmm. kind of the, the basis of, of the entire show is, is this line, like, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. And I just listened to an interview with Lin-Manuel Miranda on... Conan needs a friend podcast that you recommended me to recommended to me that so I've gotten good. hooked on. So good. And I love that he spoke about how Hamilton was this guy who had this amazing, crazy life that obviously was worth writing a story about because the, the musical was based on a, a book, but he was saying that, you know, there was this guy who who did all of these things that most people had no idea about until this musical, like, came to be. And now everyone, except for you, knows everything about <laughs> Hamilton. Um, <laughs> Seemed to be a, a bit of a low blow. <laughs> everyone, except you. Well, you went ahead and you were making fun of singing and dancing and rapping on the stage. Just saying, I can learn about. Anyway, go ahead. We don't have to do this now. You're saying you're going to read the book? I think you're ruining my legacy right now by taking <laughs> shots at me. That's also a, one of the songs. <laughs> I may, I my may, my gonna, shot. This is going to end with me downloading the soundtrack tonight, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I will send yeah. it to you. The interview with Conan is is profound. The story of Hamilton is profound. And just, I, I love that concept of, of who tells your story because even though he did all of these crazy things and, and ironically it was his, his wife who left any kind of legacy for him, despite the fact that they had some not good things happen, um, in their marriage and in their life. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah. Well, I didn't say what it was. Well, all right. <laughs> some of us haven't seen it yet. <laughs> So you're going to go see it? No. <laughs> you're also not going to listen to the to the soundtrack. And I'm doubtful as to whether or not you'll even listen to the podcast episode. But <laughs> the idea of, of who's going to tell your story and what is that story that they're going to tell, I think is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Well, it's about, it's about doing things that you don't really care how people respond to it, right? I mean, like... I think that's part of the 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 challenge where you know legacies are 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 not built knowingly, right? I mean, like you might be aware that something big is happening, but you're not thinking about that in terms of putting building blocks together. Legacies are usually built after you look back at something. So if you're in the in the middle of you know of something and and you're concerned about how critics are going to you know look at this or how 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 are these people going to interpret that? that's not, that's not how you need to be looking at something as creators. Like, you know, we get this, this, the benefit of this, like personal growth and, and development and satisfaction that comes from taking chances. And, and that ultimately is when, when legacies are kind of written or, or built, those are some of the pillars that I think people always look back on. It's not always about the accomplishments, but it's also about the feeling that was, that was left behind or, or the, you know, the way you made people feel, feel, or the chances that you took, uh, that's sort of the, the, 
the legacy component, I think, of a lot of, you know, like if you take a company like Nike, if we look back in 100 years or, you know, you pick the number, but of, of Nike's legacy, it's going to be trailblazer and it's going to be taking chances. It's going to be being unafraid. It's 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 all of these, you know, all of these things. It, it's not going to be the Michael Jordan ad. It's not going to be the Serena Williams ad. It's not going to be a specific piece of content. It's going to be the feeling that was left behind because of those pieces and by those pieces. You touched on this before about people, because we have access to the online world now and seeing what everyone else is doing, you know, there's a natural inclination to want to, to be loved and to be accepted by other people. And so we tend to mimic the actions of other people and the thoughts of other people. But I think what will help those stories to stand out in the way that Nike has done is to to stand for something is to figure out what is really important to you and like how are you how are you going to let that influence the way that you live your life and in everything that you do and say i don't think that you can build a legacy if you are purely speaking about other people's work or trying to mimic what other people are doing because that's that's really just going to get lost it's not really memorable and it's not something that's going to be associated with you. It's going to be associated with a bunch of different people. So what's your legacy? What do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be, I think what I have recently decided what I want my mission to be is to help people see what they're capable of and help people to see what is available to them. Because I think that Everyone, myself included, are not experiencing all that they can for a multitude of reasons. So my mission now is to help people get past those things so that they can really just like live their happiest life. I know that that sounds really cheesy, but isn't that kind of what it's all about? Yeah. And how about you? What is What do you want your legacy to be other than being, I won't say it. Well, you can't just, that's like, that's like the worst tease ever. You got to say it now. I don't know. Like curmudgeonly. Is that a word? Curmudgeonly. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, there's a certain element of truth to all of that, but a lot of it is also because I've sort of created this persona. It is. So it's, you know, I'm a, and I'm aware of that too. Like it, it doesn't mean that those feelings aren't always authentic. They are. Um, but by and large, I'm, I'm aware that people also know me for that. So you sort of play that up from time to time. Uh, I, I think really it's very simple to me. I just, I, I want to be a good husband and I want to be a good father. And, and that's sort of driving a lot of decisions in, in my life today, um, where a year ago or five years ago, uh, not that I didn't want to be a good husband, but it, it, it would have been different. Priorities would have been different or more balanced. Um, now it's not even remotely close. Um, so, you know, you almost look at things, you know, a little bit differently. I find myself, you know, m my son will be, you know, playing in his, in his bouncer and I'll be on my phone for a second looking for something and I'll look over and he looks at me and I'm just like, why am I on my phone right now? And just walk over to play with him for a while. And, you know, that doesn't make me a hero. It's just that that's, that's where my mind is now. So, you know, that's, that's okay. I'm, and I'm happy with that. I mean, you say that that's a simple thing, but that has such a huge ripple effect. Just you being present to your family makes their lives better 
and then they go on to make other people's lives better because they feel so loved. That's, I mean, you say it's simple, but it's, it's so powerful. Yeah. That's, that's think, where people should start. I think that's what we were kind of getting at before. It's not what you're doing for people, but it's, it's rather what, you know, what you're leaving that, what feeling you're leaving in them, um, you know, with your presence or with your actions and, um, that's a legacy. I think that's what people look look back on um, and what resonates with them. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at pod for creatives and let us know what stood out to you. Maybe the stars will align and we'll be able to... Oh. Uh-oh. Did you see a flash? Yeah. What was that? Is that, that your was... lightning storm? Yeah. That was like wow. creepy, but like the computer flashed. It'd be really funny if it just like electrocuted you and... <laughs> That would be awesome, except I would have the file. It would be better if you had it, and then you can share my demise on the internet. <laughs> you would never be able to share the content of, your, of you getting no. electrocuted because you have the file. That would be such great clickbait. The yeah. final moments of Podcast for Creative because the co-host got struck by lightning. What was Michelle's legacy? We'll never know.